Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I was driving and they just punched me, slapped me. I was bleeding straight away. Like I needed a new toilet brush. <laughs> and you open up your phone and there's an ad for a toilet brush. Yeah. <laughs> Where you've got health and safety incidents happening on these sites, absolutely people are worried. Join the conversation. Call 0818 and in the blink of an eye, here we are at the last show of the year and the last show of the season, Friday, the 22nd of December. Good morning. Are you almost done? Are you almost ready? No, you're not. You're running around like a blue something fly trying to get the last bits together. You woke up this morning at stupid o'clock and said, oh no, I've nothing for so-and-so. Or, I must get a ham. Or, you know yourself. So as you run around, we'll get you through the morning. We'll have a lot of fun. We've lots of people to meet. We've loads of greetings from around the world. We've some well-known names popping in to say hello. We are still, believe it or not, trying to get through to the North Pole. There's a new press officer up there. He's just giving me, just giving me ire the last few days but we'll we'll see what we can do about that so 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 much to do this is the day when you might be thinking about putting the last preparations together for the dinner and see how much you can do to have the dinner ready to take the work off of yourself on Christmas morning that all you have to do really is fire the bird into the oven and drive on and start opening presents Jack O'Keefe, TV chef. Happy Christmas, Jack. Merry Christmas, PJ. What's the story? Uh, sure, man. You know yourself now, like, there's a couple of days to go. And people woke up this morning and said, what am I going to do? I need to get stuff ready. need to get it into the fridge. How much of the dinner can we actually pre-prepare to cut the work down to a few hours? I tell you one thing, like, I'd have the whole thing done, carved on plates, wrapped in cling film, ready to go into the microwave Christmas morning. That's the way I do it now. <laughs> this is the chef talk. Yeah, I'm already missing. No, look, the next few days are, you don't want to be working on Christmas Day. Like, you don't want to be there slaving away. No, look, I don't look at standing in the kitchen and slaving away. For me at this stage in my career, whatever in my life, it's just, I'm a piece of furniture inside in that kitchen. It's just, it's where I am. I'm like that song, you'll always find me in the kitchen at parties. <laughs> but for like, for everyone at home, you don't, you don't, especially for like young families, when you have kids, like, let's say, like under 15 or under 12, 
child or whatever. You want to spend as much of the time with them and have those memories. You know, you don't want to be thinking back to 2020 or 2023 and thinking, oh, what did I, what did we have that day? And we're like, oh, I was in the kitchen the whole day. You know, you want to create memories. So the most you can do, the, the easiest going to make. And like what I'd always say to people is, write out your, write out what you're going to cook. Don't just pull it out of your head. Like have your list, make a shopping list. Because I know things are tight as well at the moment with a lot of households. So by being organized and planning, like I need one turkey, one ham, mm. I need a bag of carrots, bag of spuds, whatever. And you make your list and you shop that list. And when you come home, then take that list and kind of expand it into what we'd call like a mise en place list or a prep list of things that you can knock off. Like the, the stuff that I would do, the ham would be cooked Christmas Eve, 100% ham's done. Or even mm. ham could be done um, tomorrow. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll last three, four or five days. be perfectly fine. Or problem is i have to hide it from the father you see if i cook it so soon back there'll be just like teeth marks sticking out the side of the bone on the ham <laughs> yeah but for yeah. households that don't have savages living in them you can do you, you can do it a few days back you know things like the ham and stuff can all be cooked if you're going to marinate the turkey do that beforehand you know you can do that on the 23rd or 24th um, any peeling, any rough work, any dirty stuff. So peeling, chopping, dicing, pureeing, get it all done now. So like garlic, you're going to go through tons of garlic on Christmas Day for your veggies and rubbing onto your turkey and all that. Yeah. Peel all your garlic today, bang it into a blender and blend it into a puree, pop it into a jam jar or a uh, tight-fitting lunchbox, bang it in the fridge. Now you've garlic puree ready to go, so you're not chopping and peeling on the day. Mm-hmm. Onions, dice it all, all, slice it all, bang it into lunchbox tubs. Your carrots, your parsnips, peel them. Um, with the parsnips, I'd recommend once you peel them, though, put them into um, like a Tupperware with some water, maybe you squeeze a lemon juice into it so they don't go brown. Yeah. Because the yeah. par- uh, parsnips are just like apples. You know, anything like that, like red cabbage, uh, have it sliced, done in lunch boxes. So that then literally on Christmas Eve, you're just cooking. And on Christmas Day, you're, you're only just focusing on the turkey and the spuds. That's it. So like on Christmas Eve, I'd cook the ham. Well, actually, sorry, I'm at home for Christmas. So if my mother would let me cook, which she, which she doesn't, apparently I'm too aggressive in the kitchen and I take over I'm too much of a control freak so okay. I'm just I'm relegated to the sitting room to watch but if I was cooking Christmas day <laughs> I would I would do everything Christmas Eve the ham would be cooked Christmas Eve the braised red cabbage would be done Christmas Eve um, I'd have all the spuds if sort like uh, not spuds, sorry not the spuds that they'd be Christmas day but like let's say your veggies like your carrots like I love roasties I love kind of roasted veg so what I would do is on Christmas Eve I'd fill a pot of water, bring it to the boil, and I'd drop on those jelly stock pots. You know the ones you get in the supermarkets? Yeah. The really nice, yeah. good, condensed stocks. Pop a vegetable stock, or if you've no vegetarians in the house, put chicken stock cube into it, and just get that lovely flavour in it. Maybe maybe put a sprig of rosemary or a sprig of th- uh, or thyme into the pot with it as well. And then cook your carrots and your parsnips in that water. And the difference and the flavour is out of this world. Like a parsnip in boiling water, if you cut a parsnip into maybe four long wedges full yeah. lint parsnip and full lint carrots the parsnip will only take maybe six minutes in simmering water the carrot probably take maybe nine to ten minutes scoop them out let them cool down bang them in the fridge and then on Christmas day all you're literally doing is I always pan fry them I get a big pan pop the pan on the heat Ooh, nice. put, a, put a drop of olive oil in or rapeseed oil then a knob of butter and like as I always say more butter more better so loads of butter get it foaming then bang the carrots the parsnips which are al dente. They're not fully cooked through. Yeah. They're not. They're biting them like. Not, not, not the kind of mush we used to get back in the 70s, you know, that kind of stuff. No, 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 not, not hey, we all have teeth now, you know. The, the humble Brussels sprout is much maligned. How about throwing it in with the ham water? Do you know what? I don't boil Brussels sprouts. I pan fry them from raw. I cut them in half. From raw? 
from raw, from raw. And I actually, I'd often deep fry them as well. A deep fried Brussels sprout is a game changer. Absolute game changer. Really? You're well, talking so about into, into the deep fat fryer and... Oh uh, yeah, they do explode a little bit, so put on a welding mask. But it's <laughs> worth it. Uh, the, the trick I have at, um, at home with my Brussels sprouts is I cut them in half, completely raw, hot pan, just like you're cooking a steak, and I put them skin side down, or the cut side down, into the pan. Mm-hmm. I get them nice and brown and charred and delicious. And then just as they're almost kind of starting to go brownie black, I'll bang in a handful of diced bacon lardons, just in on top oh, of it. Yeah. And then a, a splash of white wine, sprig of thyme, sprig of rosemary, knob of butter, put a lid on few, it. Few, and let few, steam few away flakes of chilli, few chilli flakes maybe. You could, yeah, if you, if you like if you like to spice up your life, yeah, you can always put a bit of chilli in. Um, love my Brussels sprouts. And like, I'm always thinking as well for like couples my own age. Let's say you're just after buying a house, you're just after moving into a house together. And it's only two of you, maybe a baby or two or whatever. And you're a nice, small Christmas. Don't ever be afraid to go into your butcher shop and get a bone and roll turkey breast. You know, keep it nice and small. You don't have to have a huge turkey. And See, I there's a the thing. There's a the thing, Jack. We moved a few years ago to the turkey crown, right? And you know you can get that boned and rolled. But I think you gotta leave the bones in for flavour. Am I wrong? Yeah, look, there is that argument. I love cooking stuff on the bone, but but we, and you can you could get a crown of turkey, which is you couldn't get a nice small one and have the bone on it. And the bone is a raw stuff; it actually cooks into the breast, and you get sometimes you get a more even cooking. But if you're just to go boneless breast, my trick always is is, is to use buttermilk, right? Lots of buttermilk. Mm. And like buttermilk, a bottle of buttermilk is what ninety cent to a euro ten, euro twenty in a supermarket. Bang, like tonight, go to the supermarket, get your turkey breast, come back home, get your buttermilk, and tonight, get your tray or your tubware or whatever you have, bang your turkey breast in, maybe a slice of orange, slice of lemon, some rosemary thyme, maybe a few cloves of garlic, turkey breast in, cover it with buttermilk, put the lid on it, and then on Christmas morning, take it out, pat it dry, and just roast it off in a high oven, and it's absolutely delicious, and it takes no time it's to cook. Marinating and there's no the messing with the bones in, there's no carving around it. I find when you have a bone, people tend to waste a lot of turkey, and you end up going at it with a fork, then, you know, trying to scrape off every last morsel of turkey off the breast. And here's the thing, how early is too early for a turkey sandwich on Christmas Day? Now, there's the question. Do you know what? I'd nearly cook it now and have a turkey sandwich. By the time, like, Stephen's there come around, I'm actually sick of turkey sandwiches. I might have four or five on Christmas evening itself, like, you know. <laughs> no, there's the spiced beef <laughs> sandwiches, the thing for me. Oh, spiced beef. Come here, I know you're, 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 you're Dublin-based. Is spiced beef a thing in Dublin, or is just we have precious to ourselves here in Cork? Have you not heard the news, PJ? Did you not see the fireworks going off a few months ago? I oh. moved home. I'm back in Cork. Are you, fella? Uh, I am back, back in Cork, boy. Well, this is news. So Tell me more. Yeah. Where are you now? Yeah, came back home. So I can come and take, uh, so, so I can come and, and make faces at you. Good man. Marine Market. Well, so, uh, we opened a, we opened a lovely little farm shop down the back of the Marine Market. Perfect place to buy all your Christmas goodies. Now, shameless it. plug gone in. All right, and I'd be <laughs> down to make faces at you, Jack O'Keefe. Thank you very much. Uh, preparation for the the Christmas and back in. There's the thing. After many years in Dublin, he's back in Cork. Do what he tells you, right? If you want, I do the, the I love the idea of the turkey breast marinating in the buttermilk and all the other things. Good man, Jack. Thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Emma says my brother in law Jimmy Ryan is cooking dinner for thirty thirteen of us in my house on Monday. I will host and pour the drinks. He's a cooking superstar, says Emma. At least Emma with you. No, 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 no. 
Will it be 14? I hope it won't be just 13. 13 could be an unlucky number. Hi there. Alan O'Keefe from Nuns Walk. Paul Duff Road here. Sending warm wishes from Connecticut and the United States to everybody back home in Cork. We're missing you all very much and wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a joyful and healthy New Year ahead. Hope you have a great one. Cheers, Alan. Same to you and all the gang in Connecticut. We've more of those greetings too from around the world. Voices you might remember from during the year. And uh, some very familiar voices and maybe some not so familiar either. But all people who have contributed to our final show of the season. You might fancy a cocktail on Christmas Day. You know, when the turkey's gone down a bit. And you're sitting there flop watching something silly on the telly, as you do. Anyone fancy a cocktail? Now, I would have thought that winter cocktails are harder to do than summer cocktails. I'm fond of summer cocktails with ice and juice and lots of cold stuff. In them. Andy Ferreira down at Cask and Paladar joins me. Is is there a bit more skill, Andy, in, in putting a winter cocktail together? Morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? Happy Christmas. And um, you too. Is there more skill in them? I mean, no, I wouldn't say there's more skill in them. It's a similar it's a similar principle where you want to have a, a tasty drink first and foremost. Um, I do think in winter it's nice to introduce a little bit of a warm drink kind of vibe as well to your to your selection. So Rather than just having lots of cold drinks, you could definitely do a nice kind of a nice toddy as well. Mm. Um, in both of our bars, we, we launched new menus last week, and, we, and in both of them, we've got a, a hot drink which we keep in a flask. Um, and that's something I would definitely suggest to people as a, as a way of keep taking a lot of the hassle out of it. You don't want to make a drink every time someone, one of your guests arrive, or you know, you would love to have it kind of pre-batched where you can just whack it out as soon as everyone arrives. And I think there's a lot of um, and you can do that with any drink, whether it's a hot drink or a cold drink or whatever. So I would definitely recommend kind of batching your cocktails. And essentially all you do is make one cocktail and then just, you know, batch it up. So if you've got 10 guests coming, multiply that drink by 10 and then just put it in a, put it in a nice bottle. What you can also do is you can add a little bit of water for dilution as well. So, I mean, if you, um, if you think about every time you shake a cocktail or you stir a cocktail, all you're doing is you're adding water because you're adding dilution. You're bringing the temperature down. But you can actually just pour in the water itself once you've got it measured. It's usually about 20%. Mm-hmm. And then you just bang your cocktail in the fridge. And then when your friends arrive, you've got your glasses ready to go. You can even have them in the fridge as well. Mm-hmm. And just doink, 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 and just knock it out nice nice and simple, you know. Is is there one you'd give us that's easy to make and that we keep like that in the fridge or in a flask or whatever that, that we could just rely upon to not make a mess of? Yeah, I yeah, I mean for for sure. I do think um like we wouldn't have the same kind of culture of eggnog as, as they do in, in, in North America, you know, mm. it's sort of you know, we're not as um we're a bit funny we're a bit funny about kind of whole eggs. A whole egg a cocktail with a whole egg is called a flip. Personally that would be a drink that I always make at Christmas. Um Go go through it with me. I remember yeah. my, my grandfather used to drink egg flip. It was lovely, but go through it. Oh they're they're wonderful. I mean so essentially what it is is it's it's a drink with milk cream um you've got sugar in there you've got a little bit of um you'd often do a kind of split base of rum and bourbon but you could use whatever spirits you wanted like um captain morgan which is very very popular is is quite a good one because it's got a little bit of natural sweetness you could do a little bit of captain morgan or so whatever about your base spirit that's not overly important and then it's just about how you make it so you're essentially going to kind of you almost kind of fold it into it so you'll separate your eggs and then you'll whip the egg yolks into the drink and then in another bowl you'll 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 whip your egg whites so th- and then you'll kind of almost fold them into your drink so you get a lovely kind of frothiness um and everything kind of just kind of emulsifies together and then lots of nutmeg on top mm-hmm. um it's it's lovely but as i say look i wouldn't what i think is a very po- espresso martini would be one of the most popular drinks that we that we have in ireland in our cocktail bars 
and there's a lovely kind of variant of of a if you almost take the espresso martini kind of flavors i.e um I suppose coffee, coffee and sugar, they'd be the two main yeah. kind of flavors. And then, but you could make it into kind of like an old fashioned style drink. So you get yourself a really nice rum um, or whiskey or again, whatever base spirit you, you'd prefer. And then buy a bottle of coffee, coffee liqueur. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of really nice, um, there's a couple of different ones out there. There's a lovely Irish one called Black Twist, which is, it's quite, quite very coffee-esque. It's, and it hasn't got too much sugar. So that's lovely. Um, you add a little bit of your own sugar to it. Mm. And then just add a little bit of coffee and then a little bit of water. So, but the idea is that just like perfect making one. Do you know what I mean? So, because if you get one right and you're happy with the balance and you like the sweetness, then just multiply that by however many guests you're having. Um, and then put it, like build it all in a jug, put it into a bottle, put it in the fridge, and all the work is done, done for you. Mm. You don't need shakers and you don't need all those. No, you don't. Exactly. And not, not the way I'm suggesting. You know what I mean? It kind of takes all the equipment out of it. Because, um, again, you're just, building, you know, you're just building it in a jug or building it in a bowl or whatever. So, like all co- you know, cocktails, good cocktails is a bit like food. It's just about getting the proportions right and making sure that everything is balanced, mm. you know? There are certain flavors that, that are lovely around Christmas time. Warm, minty, chocolatey. Yeah, Almost. absolutely. And those lovely kind of, um, and again, if you think like the, of the, you know, the famous flavor combinations in, in, a, in a Christmas food, you know, i.e. your sage and cranberry and all those, like it's very easy to incorporate those, those flavors into your drinks as well. And the same with that lovely kind of, um, you know, your cinnamons and star anise and nutmeg and all mm. those kind of lovely warm winter spices. Mm. Um, you can introduce those into, into your cocktails as well. It's, 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 um, it's very, very simple, you know. You could take a gingerbread latte and put a spirit of choice into it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like, the, probably one of the things that we love with amongst my group of friends is um, is brandy tea. You know, we, we kind of live all, we all live down by the beach, so we often, Mr. Quigley there would be fairly famous for his brandy tea. We'd all go down to the beach and just have a flask. And um, it's a very simple flavor combination, you know, but it's, mm. it's wonderful. To the you brandy, you, you know? mentioned how popular the espresso martini has become and it was this time last year a friend of mine introduced me to them I'd never had one and I said to her the next time you're going back to the bar I'll have a pint of that but but how do you how do you make the Mandy I mean at home like espresso martinis is yeah it's, it's vodka and coffee liqueur that's really all. nice espresso and a little bit of sugar yeah so there's four four ingredients you can you know you can you could add a little bit of vanilla vodka if you wanted to give it a little bit more kind of rich richness and, and, and depth of flavor but yeah essentially um, vodka Vanilla, uh, sorry, vodka, um, coffee liqueur, so the, you know, tea Marie and Kahlua, those, the likes of, like the likes of those ones. Espresso, so again, but it's nice because you can use your own. If you make a lot of people have decaf, you know, we, we often get requested for um, decaf espresso martinis, and then just a little bit of sugar to sweeten it to sweeten it. And again, that's kind of you're getting the your, you know, the important thing with an espresso martini is that you get it the right amount of sweetness, mm. not too sickly, and it's not too. Um, not too dark coffee flavors and, and then because it's not really enjoyable then, you know, and then just shake it up and strain it into a glass and, and there you go. It's been a good year for you at Cask and Paladar. A very sophisticated outlets now, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it has. It, it's been amazing. And obviously it's going to coincide with the whole resurgence of the area, you know, with all the roadworks going on yeah. and stuff, which is finally over. Thank God. But yeah, I look, I mean, obviously you guys are only around the corner as well. I just think it's, it's a wonderful part of the city, you know. It's it's a very discerning drinker up there, and the clientele are lovely, you know. They come mm. for good food, they come for good drinks, and they kind of move around from venue yeah. to venue. And I just think there's a lovely, there's just a wonderful atmosphere up around that part of the city at the moment, you know. And um, 
we're very, you know, very pleased to have both of our bars located there. Have a wonderful Christmas season. I hope you get a few days off and take care. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, PJ. I really appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you. Take care, buddy. Cheers, you too, and a happy Christmas to everyone at Cask and Paladar. Great outlets. All right, we have also been compiling our list during the week of the people who are working over Christmas. Now, I said we'd try and get the most comprehensive list that we could, right? So I've got some emails that I've been getting in of people that you wouldn't expect, but I've got the actual standard list. I'll just get it started, right? And we do this during the morning. So Guy D will be working, of course, on Christmas Day, the fire service will be working Christmas Day, the ambulance service, hospital staff, not just the medical, not just the nurses and doctors, the catering staff, the porters, there's even some admin people in on a Christmas Day, and also the defence forces at home and especially overseas. I was listening this morning to someone who will be in Lebanon overseas and their Christmas celebration will be a cup of coffee if things are quiet enough. On Christmas Day, and particularly if you've got somebody over there belong to you at the moment in Lebanon, or indeed representing us anywhere in the world with the Defence Forces. Thank them for us, for their service. We'll have more. Taxi drivers are working Christmas Day. Hotel staff are working Christmas Day. Lots of hotels are open. They either have people in for a holiday break or they're just doing the Christmas dinner. Spectacular. So to the hotel staff will be working Christmas Day. Thank you too for all that you'll be doing for us. Happy Christmas, everybody. Gareth O'Callaghan here wishing you all the very best. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful Christmas time with all of the people you love and all of the things you love doing. I think the finest thing about being in Cork at Christmas time is that everything is just so close. You've also got some of the most beautiful places to travel out to in West Cork. And you can't beat spiced beef. So have yourselves a great Christmas and I'll talk to you in the new year. Hello everybody. My name is Catherine Mahan Buckley. I'm the producer, director of the Everyman Cada Panto Beauty and the Beast. I also run the Academy Cada Performing Arts and we will be doing our show Beauty and the Beast as well the children's version on the 10th of January. All exciting, very exciting. I love about Christmas, particularly in Cork. I love the lights, I love the energy, I love the pantos and I love all the traditions. I want to particularly say a big shout out to everybody in Marymount for all the fabulous work and particularly to our costume mistress, Anne Burton. Happy, happy Christmas to everyone. And they're having a stormer down at the Everman. And long may it continue right through Christmas into the year. Catherine Mahan Buckley, thank you so much. And more of those coming up during the morning. I also got some emails in during the week of people who will be working Christmas Day that we might not have thought of. Now, the whole Penny Dinners operation, it's the biggest day of the year for Katrina and the many, many dozens of volunteers who help out on Christmas Day. But I got an email in from members of the ONE, Cork City Branch, the veterans, the uh, They'll be working Christmas Day, helping Penny Dinners distribute food to less fortunate members of the community. Merry Christmas to you and the family and all the staff at 96 of them. Thank you. That came in from Craig McCarthy. Thank you very much. Is that the gang, Craig, that they used to call the Creakers? My pal Tom Welsh. Hi, Tom. Happy Christmas to you and the family. Used to call them the Creakers. Is that them? They'll be working Christmas Day with the, with the Penny Dinners people. One more for now. The physiotherapists. You see, these are the things that I was asking you for, and I'm delighted. The physiotherapists of Ireland will be working in intensive care and in all the medical and paediatric wards on Christmas Day. Often forgotten, yet so vital. Happy Christmas. That came in to us from Kirsty. Lovely to get those. I wanna, I wanna. 
listen to your favorite shows on the go. Download the Corks 96FM app. How many families head to Lapland and have a great time in the real home of Santa Claus, the official capital of Christmas, a place called Rovanemi in Lapland. That's when Santa, where Santa lives when he's not actually at the North Pole. Do you know what I mean? Lots of people go there every year. Two people in particular went there this year, Adam Gould and Roisin O'Connor. And they went there with their kids. They're having Lapland and Santa and reindeer and sleighs. And then, Roisin, you decided to get married in the middle of it all, having not told anybody. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Congratulations. This took a lot of planning. This took a lot of secret planning. It did. It took a lot of secret planning on my side. Now, it was very low key, so it wasn't like as much planning as a a large wedding like you'd have at home. Mm-hmm. But so, how did you keep it from everybody? Um, I don't know. I just I what the what I would say. I suppose the easiest way to keep from everybody, I had a fantastic wedding planner out in Lapland, so I was able to bounce an awful lot of ideas off her. Uh, the company is called Lapland Romance. She was excellent. Um, I would say as well, uh, myself and Adam, a couple of our colleagues knew just from logistics point like they would have just heard a lot of calls and stuff that we were having to take uh, in the run up but yeah none of our family and friends knew so it was a huge surprise like none of our the kids didn't know until the day of or anything like that so it was a big shock to everyone even though we've been together for over 10 years and we have two kids yeah and how did you keep it I mean the kids knew Lapland was coming they knew they were going to see Santa and you were in the sleigh and all Tell me how you planned so it. Where did it happen? So the kids barely knew we were going to Lapland. We oh, actually really? only told them the night of the toy show. We just told oh. them just before the toy show came oh. on. And we only told them the, the morning of that we were getting married. You couldn't expect them to keep a secret like that either. No. So they knew sort of on the plane, did they? What was that? They knew on the plane. Oh, yeah, they knew on the plane they were going to Lapland, but they didn't know about the wedding until the actual morning of the wedding, like oh, when they fabulous. woke up. Fabulous. And you travelled in a sleigh with huskies on it. How cool is that? Yeah. So we travelled to the wedding ceremony on the huskies, yeah, which yeah. was great. The kids loved that. Yeah, yeah. What were you wearing? You must have been frozen to at least minus 10 to minus 15. What were you wearing? So I had all my ski gear on underneath my wedding dress. <laughs> And I, the kids in their ski gear, they, I didn't make them wear suits. It was too cold. But Adam was the same. He wore a suit and he had a lot of the gear on underneath. Yeah, you were all done up on your finery and then underneath it, layers of ski clothes. Like Yeah. Mad stuff. Definitely. Absolutely. It must, the photographs, I'd say, are wonderful, Roshin, are they? They are. They're lovely. We're very lucky. Um, they're lovely. Mm-hmm. Would you be big Christmas people, like... I would be, yeah, yeah. We'd be big. We love Christmas in this house. And I've just finished my degree. So like the last maybe four years, I've spent the whole of December kind of studying for exams and stuff. So I wanted this year to do something nice. What degree have you done? What degree did you do? Oh, I did um, a degree in food marketing in UCC. I went back as a mature student. Excellent. Well done and congratulations on that. Thanks. So, uh, the, the, like, how do many people do this? You say there's a wedding planner over there. 
Yeah, a few people do it. It's not totally unheard of. Like there, there's obviously a business for it out there, but I suppose it's unusual enough. Mm. And, and like I, I previously worked in travel. Like I used to be a travel agent, so like I have seen it before. But it's it is unusual. Yeah. Well, I think did did, um, did Jack want to say hello to me? He did. He'd love to say hello. Jack is here. I'm gonna say hello, Jack. Hello. Hi, Jack. How are you? Good. How good was Lapland? Um, it was great. And was it a big surprise then to see Mum and Dad getting married in the middle of it all? Yes. <laughs> when did they tell you? The morning. That morning. All right, big surprise. What's is what's what's Santa bringing? He um he gave me um a notebook. Cool. He gave me a little bank of stuff. He gave me a notebook. What you, what's he bringing you for Christmas? Oh, um, I've honestly forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, happy Christmas to everyone in that house. It's mad, and I'm interrupting their preparations for Christmas. So congratulations, Roshan O'Connor, Adam Gould, and Young Jack, and celebrating the first Christmas as a married couple. Married in Lapland. Has anyone else ever done that? 0818 96 96 96. Now, it's a busy day at the airport. In fact, that's underestimating it. It's the busiest day of the year, they're saying, at the airport. Barry Holland from the airport was on the news saying it's the very, very busiest day of the year. Hi, this is Reno Mahmoud, the current Miss Cork. My favourite thing about Christmas in Cork is having an evening hot chocolate in the city and looking around at all the lights. I'm wishing everyone around Cork the very merriest of Christmases. Reno, thank you. Right, we have a bunch of people working Christmas Day. Uh, we did a good list. We think we think everybody's on it. But then Owen got on Uh tech support departments in Apple in Holly Hill. They'll be working all day Christmas Day. People will forget passwords or they need help setting new stuff up. And on that point, Owen says, make sure if you're giving people PlayStations or any consoles this Christmas, set them up early. You don't want kids opening the box on the 25th to find that Santa has left the PlayStation and it's not set up and it takes five hours to download the software before they can play anything. Oh, thank you, Owen, and tech support at Apple, and indeed all the other tech support people working over Christmas, as will the Coast Guard. Yes, Coast Guard will be working Christmas Day. The lifeboats, we hope they won't be called out, but there will be a crew on call for the lifeboats. This one I discovered during the week, I'd completely forgotten. People who work in dog kennels and catteries, when the rest of us go away on holidays, we have to leave the four-legged friends after us to be looked after and they go to dog kennels and they go to catteries and we had, where am I going yeah, I had an email in, we have a dog boarding kennels which remain open over the holidays, my husband will be up at 7 every morning and will be busy until lights out in the evening the dogs will have a great Christmas break (laughs) says Phil McCullough, you don't say where your kennels are Phil, Uh, but thank you for the email and happy Christmas to the, and also to uh, Happy Cats, friends of mine, Happy Cats Cattery, Melanie, out there in Carrigadrohad. I think they're open over Christmas as well, taking in uh, our four-legged uh, cat friends. And can I mention a good pal of mine who announced his decision the other day to step down. I speak of John Dolan, editor of Cork's legendary and much-loved Hollybow. 
for the last number of years. John, you leave massive shoes to fill in 2024. It's been a privilege for myself to be part of this year's Hollybow. I've written for it a couple of times now, and it's great to be part of it. And John, John Dolan, Dolan announced the other day that after several years at the helm of the wonderful Cork Hollybow, John is stepping down. As I say, huge shoes to fill. Uh, no, I don't want that <laughs> I wouldn't do that job. No, I couldn't do that job. But congratulations on a job well done. John Dolan stepping down as editor of the Hollybow. 0818 96 96 96. On the subject of people working Christmas Day, if you think I'm missing out on anyone, you can let me know. 083 396 96 96. If you want Christmas music round the clock, pop over to the website. Cork's 96 Miss is there. Round the clock, 96fm.ie, or on the 96fm app, your favourite Christmas hits non stop. Brought to you this year by Desi's Tires. They're open seven days with late evenings in Blackpool, also Little Island, Carrigaline, and Vickers Road. Desi's Tires.ie, only from Cork's 96fm. The Christmas chef ingredients thing. People looking to hear those ingredients again. I'll do that and loads more. We've two hours to go there. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call 96FM. Hi, this is Lyra and I just wanted to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. I am absolutely delighted to be home in Cork for Christmas because let's face it, it isn't really Christmas without Cork spiced beef. I wanted to wish everyone who has supported me this year an extra special Christmas. You have meant the world to me and I can't wait for 2024. So, Merry Christmas to you all. Lots of love, Lyra. Thank you, Lyra. On her way to becoming, if she's not there already, a global star, one of Ireland's greatest singers. And a cork, and of course, thank you. And lots more of them to come throughout the course of the morning. People, we won't, John, we won't. I promise we won't forget security guards. I've been getting emails from security guards who will be working on Christmas Day and on Christmas night. Uh, the blood transfusion service, the testing laboratory there, they will have a crew on duty during Christmas Day at the testing lab of the Irish Blood Transfusion Service at St. Finbar's Hospital. So greetings to you and we've a long list I promise you to get through but I'm joined and uh, delighted to be joined by our first citizen uh, the uh, Lord Mayor of Cork Councillor Kieran McCarthy for a few seasonal awards. Uh, Lord Mayor halfway through your your year in office are you enjoying it? Good morning Yeah good, yeah, good morning PJ how are you doing thanks for having me on. Um, yeah it's six months in um, yeah and I think re- yeah, recently it was kind of calculating how many events have been done since June I think it's like 876 or something it's been really it's been really enjoyable yeah I mean whatever I think recently I think we we uh, it was 10 events there one day last week but it was really enjoyable you know there's so much going on in Cork and uh, I mean your 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 show this morning is kind of you're asking people kind of what's your favourite kind of Christmas thing and I've had to say I've probably had the longest lead up to Christmas I'd say ever in my life I think from four weeks and so many different kinds concerts and people getting together and it was really really great just to see the yeah just the coming together and people kind of celebrating the togetherness as well of the city it was really really impressive it was really impressive you love the concerts of course because you get to sing a song or two yourself now and again 
Yeah, every every yeah, every now and again, I get to sing a song or two, uh, and I, that has been fun, I suppose, over the last few weeks and months as well. That uh, I suppose that the the not so serious kind of not so serious events where you have the work of council to do and the the serious work of saying where where are we going for the future and for twenty twenty four and so on and beyond, uh, and planning for I mean everyone's kind of planning for local elections as well next June, so everyone's kind of looking ahead. So no, it's nice to have just really kind of down to earth. Uh, Christmas concerts and people gathering and it's actually been great as well to launch I think there have been so many Christmas trees being launched uh, in different public parks and community centres and um, even just Christmas Christmas kind of dinner luncheons um, I was up in one in, in Nakmahini Holly Hill community centre yesterday and it was great to see people just coming together um, mm. and yeah and it was just pitch black outside and here we all are we're singing Christmas songs and Lovely. Uh, Santa, yeah Santa was there and it was a nice little band kind of preparing and no, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. In in your incoming speech in June, Kieran, you said that you were the little boy sitting at the back of the class in school who wanted to be Lord Mayor of Cork. Is it all you wanted it to be? It is. It is. Um, it's very hands-on, though. I mean, I, I you really kind of have to. Um approach it kind of going well how can I support this or how can I help this how can I advance we'd say the message within a particular event um, you know it's certainly it's an enormous honour I mean look I get to like the gold chain is, it's 236 years old and I think I've been saying at every single event I've been at that the chain itself has seen so many great stories um, but the city is still we could don't live in 1787 the city, the city is kind of still evolving and um, I've been doing a lot as well on the kind of the city's coat of arms um, next year is the 75th anniversary of the formal registration of our coat of arms, believe it oh. or not. Um, yeah, so 19, uh, yeah, 1949 was the formal registration. Um, so I've been kind of doing a lot on that as well and kind of using the coat of arms as, yeah, let's keep building the safe harbour for people and ships. And um, Yeah, so there's been some interesting elements around that. Um, yeah, but it, is cert- no, it certainly is what I dreamt and more of but I think very much you have a blank canvas as well I think it's very much up to yourself what you want to do with it I think maybe there was an expectation when I went in that a lot of it would be kind of mapped out and there are certain markers that are marked out but mm. it's entirely up to yourself how much energy and passion you want to kind of to pour into it so I've been trying to pour in as much energy and passion um, as I can and kind of trying to I don't know, pour in some of my passionate personality for the city as well. Uh, we are very, very blessed with such a yeah, passionate city. What are your plans for the big day itself? I know it's a, it is a working day for the Lord Mayor. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, we work up to two, half two. So we have to, be, we have to visit CUH in the morning. We've got the fire station. we got the Garda station. Uh, I'm doing some singing and reading at, at, at Bannerlock church in the middle of the morning as well so it's quite busy and even I think Christmas Eve as well uh, we've got like five or six events kind of different charities uh, even this afternoon yeah tomorrow there's there's a lot going on uh, I think very much I suppose my, my the program or the, the chapter I have at this moment in time that I'm visiting is all about I suppose visiting frontline services and seeing how they're getting on I, I was at um, St Vincent's Hostel yesterday in Anglesey uh, Terrace and it was really interesting to to, to meet and greet the management and get a sense of how they're coping at this moment in time. There's, there's 73 beds there, and I, I think you were even talking this morning about, um, I suppose, people who are under pressure in their lives, they might yeah. have mental health problems, they might have addiction problems. So it was it was interesting to get some of those stories yesterday, and, and yeah, just some of the stories were her- horrific, but it was really, really great to meet staff, though, mm. who care and support people. Um, and it's it, and that's kind of that's a team as well that, that I'm seeing popping up all over the place, right across the city in every single corner. There's people who do care. I think it's something that 
we as a city needs to, need to mind as well the people who who care and also trying to find new people who want to do something as well who want to to push the for the city forward through caring and supporting people. I've kind of described the city as well as one big huggable city. Like people do actually care an awful lot for mm. each other. Uh, I don't know if that's just Cork or if that's elsewhere. It's I mean I've always. I suppose as a councillor on the outside of the Lord Mayor's office, I've, I've seen it in my own area in the southeast, where there's so many different community groups that are very active. But now I've, I've seen it all over the place. There's mm. a very rich community ream or layer that kind of runs underneath the city, and every now and again it kind of pops up PJ with three or four people, and you see it, and then it kind of bubbles back down again. And then you, it's like every every street corner seems to have a group doing something, uh, whether it's meals and wheels, or it's bowls or sports, or mm-hmm. um, just bringing people together in a community centre for a, a Christmas luncheon. Or a, it's really been it's been a really interesting experience to see all of that. You can understand, Lord Mayor, can't you, why thousands and thousands of people have been coming through Cork Airport, and, and if they have to, through Dublin Airport and Shannon Airport, to get home to Cork for the Christmas. Yeah, no, definitely. I, mean, I was up at Cork Airport twice in the last two weeks as well. Uh, Cork City Council had a had a had a kind of a, a charity event, um, but they, they had an event up there where, where choirs were singing with the support of Cork Airport as well. So I, I sang with, with one or two choirs, the last, like just uh, children's choirs the last one or two weeks. And it's been, yeah, it was very, very emotional to see people coming through the doors of, of, of Cork Airport and hugging relatives they mightn't have seen for a year or two. I mm-hmm. think certainly there was people there that I met, like I'd say they hadn't been home like just before COVID or they hadn't been home for two years. Maybe they came home just after COVID. Um, but yeah, it's very, very emotional. Very very emotional space. The airport, mm-hmm. um, yeah. With all the with all the singing, you're going to have to give serious consideration to getting into a studio and doing a charity album. You know. Yeah, know if somebody wants to do that, let's do that. I mean, what what's interesting, I suppose, um, when I, ha- I had my, my 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 Christmas gala concert there recently, and I think we we raised through singing and dancing. I think some just over twenty thousand. Wonderful years. night, yeah, I believe. So, Wonderful night. Yeah, it was re- it was really enjoyable, and I have my uh, my my. Um, Lord Mayor's uh, gala, gala dinner dance kind of coming up as well, kind of in early Excellent. April. And there's, there's the Lady Mayor's kind of uh, coffee morning as well in mid uh, in mid February. So yeah, there's loads of opportunities. So much, to keep, keep singing. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Lord Mayor, would you do something special for me here? We have many people who won't unfortunately make it back, and they're in the four corners of the world, and they listen to this on podcast and on overnight repeat. As Lord Mayor to the people of Cork who aren't home for Christmas, what few words would you have? Um, I suppose, dear Carcoonians who live abroad, uh, we miss you. Uh, we wish that you could be here. Uh, you're in our hearts uh, and in our souls. Um, I have no doubt that uh, we'll be viewing and seeing you on WhatsApp videos and so on, but it's it's not the same. Um, but you, we, we're, we're thinking of you. Um, happy Christmas to everyone who's uh, all Carcoonians who kind of who live abroad, uh, who won't make it home. Um, and hopefully you'll make it home for 2024. And Happy New Year. Have a, have a really, really bright 2024. Um, and come back soon. Come back soon to the to our historic city by the Lee. Lord Mayor, thank you very much. Happy Christmas to you and your family. Happy Christmas, and All the members of the council. Pleasure dealing with you during the course of the year. And a special happy Christmas as well to uh, you. And I know you won't take offence, Kieran, to the real Lord Mayor. Mr. Finbar Archer, without whom none of you would get anywhere. <laughs> oh, well, and after saying, I've got Nicola Sullivan and Rose Fahey as well in the office, so they're right there. I, I, I have an A team in my office. Um, yeah, I know he's a he, he's a he's a great man, and uh, I always kind of banter with him, like if he's uh, 
what like the numbers he have has in his phone of different phone numbers over the years. And, <laughs> is and there anybody a, he can't he's get a, in touch he's with? A, yeah, he's a very proud Balafi hand boy as well. I kind of find sometimes when we're driving, all of a sudden we end up kind of passing through Balafi hand. <laughs> we're going to Nakhnehini, all of a sudden we're going through Balafi hand. I'm like, Fimbar, why, why are we going through it? It's like, this is the short, this, this is the shortcut now to Nakhnehini. <laughs> I'm going to Balik College or, May, or Mayfield. I'm like, but we're just leaving City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, thank you very much. Lorbeer Cork Councillor. Kieran McCarthy, 0818969696. Meals and Wheels, PJ, are working on Christmas Day, says Frank. Uh, would you remind your listeners as well, when they line up in front of their Christmas dinner, and I had these on my list, farmers wouldn't be there without the hard work of farmers who are trying not to kill them or drown the planet as well. <laughs> Even the vegan dinner was grown by a farmer. Livestock farmers will all have to tend their stock on Christmas Day. John, thank you for reminding us. I had farmers on my list, but there's a bit... Any, so when you sit down to your Christmas dinner, whatever you're having for Christmas dinner, without our farmers, we wouldn't have it. Hello, this is Paul Byrne, Southern Correspondent with Virgin Media News. Christmas, a magical time. Memories of Christmas, there are lots and lots of them. Lots and lots of presents I remember over the years. I can remember getting gay electric. I can also remember getting a recorder and a microphone. This was a recorder way back then. You'd have to put a cassette in to record it. And I was going around the living room interviewing the family and all the friends who were over, asking them what they liked about Christmas. So I was doing my first radio interview when I was about 13 years of age. And I can clearly remember asking my mother, what's so special about this Christmas? And she answered that she was pregnant with one of my brothers at the time. A magical experience. Listen, happy Christmas to everyone. Thank you, Paul. We'll see you back here behind this microphone at some stage during the course of... 2024 and thanks as well to Gareth and to Joe who step in for me when I need them to do so and in particular I must mention them when I found myself unavoidably detained in the middle of October and they bailed me out here for, for nearly two weeks so thanks to Joe and to Gareth in particular for that and Paul will see you again in 2024 and Paul of course a regular contributor to the show on items to do with your local news he mentioned cassette tapes they're back more about that in a minute If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi guys, Ryan O'Sullivan here from sunny West Palm Beach, currently on season 22 of Hell's Kitchen. First off, I just want to thank you all for your continued support throughout the duration of the show. It's been absolutely phenomenal, overwhelming at times. I just want to say thank you so much. Happy Christmas to all my friends and family back home, the O'Sullivans and the Paytons. Wish I could be there with you. Luckily enough, I have my mother, my mother here with me. It's fantastic to have. You know, I just want to say a happy Christmas to everybody again and make sure you mind yourselves, okay? Have a very happy Christmas and a very happy new year. Cheers, Chef Sol. He's storming it on that program. Thanks a lot, mate. Um, oh, I want it, 96, 96, 96. Now, if you look around the shops, um, you'll see loads and loads of these record players. They started to arrive on the scene a few years ago, and some of them were, were fairly dodgy looking things. But now, like everything, they've gotten better, and they're really good. They come with speakers, and they come with proper turntables and proper needles. So records have made a huge comeback this year. And a big comeback this Christmas. And down at Bunker Vinyl, if you go down the quay there, just opposite the, the, the Opera House Bridge, there's a fabulous little shop called Bunker Vinyl. And it is literally down in a bunker. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of old-fashioned records. The man who runs that is John Dwyer. John, you've been busy uh, over the last few days and in the run-up to Christmas. And I think it's got something to do with the fact that you can now get those record players, which is great. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, I really do think it's true. Um, there were so many times where you just couldn't get a record player around the place, you know. Um, but yeah, it's great to see them for sale in all sorts of places these days. So I think, yeah, availability has really spurred it on now. And the quality is better than it was too when they started to come out. Yeah, there, there's a lot of um, dodgy suitcase ones still around, like, but yeah, no comment. <laughs> yeah, some of them are okay and some are not so okay. Like, yeah. Spend a couple of quid, you get a nice one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like. Sales of vinyl are back. Now, they're, they're, never, they're not going to ever be back to the days when you and I were DJing in the clubs and buying yeah. vinyl every week. But vinyl is back. Why did it come back yeah. so strongly, do you think? Do you know, I really do think it's a, it's just that feeling. It's a tangible thing. And I see all the young kids that come into me and you can see them, they're loving the artwork and stuff. And I think a lot of their parents had records, you know, years ago. And, and also you see programs like, um, Stranger Things. I've got kids coming into me now and they're all buying cassette tapes. Cassette tapes? Yeah. Cassette tapes of all things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is lovely to see, but they saw them on Stranger Things. And they were, yeah, there's a new resurgence in cassette tapes as well now. Incredible. What kind of stuff, talk about the young people for a sec, because there's this impression, you see, that anything recorded before 2001, they don't want to know about it. Not true. Not true at all. Um, my friend was actually here recently. He runs a record shop himself. And he was saying the exact same thing. Kids want the old stuff. One of my biggest sellers still to this day is always Dark Side of the Moon. They just want to hear it. You know, they've heard so much about it, but they actually want to hear it on a record. Pink Floyd? Yeah. 
Pink Floyd is one of the biggest sellers in here. Yeah, and just continues. I think I sold about 10 copies today to all teenagers. In a, in a day? In a day, yeah. Oh, you're doing my soul good, John. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, I think they know the albums and stuff, you know, but they just want to sit down and listen to it correctly as they told, they're being told to, you know. Yeah. Which is to listen to it on vinyl from start to finish. They could get it all uh, on any streaming platform you care to mention, but they still want it. And they want to get it on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. They still want, I think, I purely think it's just that you know having it looking at the artwork they've read about it Mm. and they've got access to the internet and as you say they could stream it and stuff but no they prefer to actually come in buy it and go home and listen to it fantastic how how much is the taste of the people coming into the shop driven by television netflix you mentioned stranger things while ago like was there a resurgence in kate bush after Stranger. I was just about to say um, after Kate Bush um, was on Stranger Things the next day I literally had 15 or 20 young girls come in and every one of them said to me do you know Kate Bush <laughs> and yeah literally I sold out of Kate Bush records in one day That's, and, and you know for, for someone like yourself that DJing since when the 80s they come in they go uh, have you ever heard of Kate Bush yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just so sweet because it's just such a new experience for him, you know. And yeah, I think a lot of those programs, like um, another one, I had a lot of kids looking for King Crimson. And it turned out that some computer guy was using it as a, a kind of screenshot and was saying how amazing the artwork was for King Crimson. So in one week, I probably had 20 copies of King Crimson cell because it had been on some computer game influencer, I think and they want the vinyl they want the record yeah and that's it and because the sleeve you know is so iconic they all wanted the same sleeve like yeah fantastic now say since Shane McGowan died uh, a couple of weeks ago have you had much call for the Pogues on vinyl Oh, constant. And um, literally, I just got a delivery today of 25 copies of The Greatest Hits, and I think there's two left. It's always the way when someone passes away, you just get a massive resurgence in people wanting the records. Like, and um, yeah, it's just always the way. Like Bowie saying when he passed away, it'll always be the nostalgia grows, you know. Yeah. And, and we always think like it's all oldfellas going back buying the records again. It's not, is it? No, it's not. No, um, I have a lot of kids who I refer to as the indie kids, kids, and their parents were in their forties. They were around Henry's back years ago in the Cork scene. Now they've had kids, and like one of the biggest sellers this year, Sultan's a Ping. The reissue of the album hasn't been out for thirty years, and yeah. I've been sending copies to New York, Boston, Australia, all over the world. The Where It's Jumper album. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So it's been a massive seller here. God, it does the heart good to talk to you. It really, it really <laughs> does. Pink Floyd is in trend at the moment with young people. That's the last thing I would have expected you to say. Yeah, no, and they only... Animals is the album that all the young boys want to hear after Dark Side of the Moon. And they've all been told to listen to... If you're going to experience Pink Floyd, listen to Dark Side and then listen to Animals. And that's the general way it'll go, yeah. Fantastic. Vinyl's more expensive than it used to be. It got very flimsy for a while towards the end of its heyday. It's yeah. The stuff now is thick and heavy, isn't it? It is. It's a bugger for DJ and all the bag weighs a ton. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I know a lot of um, labels are doing like 180 grand vinyl, um, double editions kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's that kind of current kind of trend. Um, Coloured records are really, really popular with younger kids then as well. People like Taylor Swift. What, red vinyl, green vinyl? Yeah, pink vinyl, whatever colour they do. The kids want it on various different colours. And like Taylor Swift, the kids will buy the same album on the five different colours of the record to have it. No. Yeah, I see it all the time here with Pester Power, teenage daughters or kids, and they're basically begging their parents to buy them because they want a different variance of the colours. Ah, no, 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 hang on, hang on. So you got, Mom, I need that, but you have it. No, I have the yellow one. I want the blue one. I have the yellow one. I want the blue one. I want the pink one. I want the limited edition one. Yeah. <laughs> and you're there going, I'm going to need a bigger shop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's great. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's just, I think, with a lot of the big pop artists, they kind of do that. You know, they're they're specifically targeting that market with all the different colours and stuff. And, yeah, and some of them become quite collectible then. How did you get into selling vinyl? I know you DJed for years. I think you're still doing a little bit of it. But how did you get into yeah. actually running a vinyl shop? Um, basically, since I was eight years of age, if you asked me what I wanted to do, I would say own a record shop. But um, yeah, I spent 20, 20 years in London working in social services, but I always just wanted to come back to Ireland and open a shop. So I just took the opportunity and did it. Well, I wish you well with it. You made my day, Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got good taste. <laughs> Indeed they have. John, have a great Christmas and, and I hope the shop is packed for you. Thanks so much as well, V. And have a lovely Christmas yourself as well. Cheers, man. Uh, Bunker Vinyl is John's place down there on the Keys. I'm also reminded, Wendy, or sorry, Jan, uh, messages me to say, there's another great place for vinyl is Music Zone out in Toker. Staff really helpful out there and glad to support a local family business. Yeah, vinyl, vinyl's back. Last Christmas, actually, we put down, we have a, a shelf in, we have a TV room, and I laughingly call it a music room, although there's nothing to play the music on. We brought down um, shelves of my old vinyl from the attic, and, like, we filled one corner of the room, and there's still a half an attic full of the stuff, and, like, I wouldn't part with so much as a record sleeve. But it's great that vinyl is back. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. People are working at Christmas. They were on my list. They were on my list. The prison officers work Christmas Day and prison staff admin the whole thing. Working three hundred and sixty five days a year. We can't close. <laughs> no, we can't. and the people who do the meals and the, all that associated with the prisons. We're thinking of you too, working on a Christmas Day. The waterworks. Another one that was on my list. The waterworks on the Lee Road. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Without it, we could do nothing. My brother works there. Says Mary has done many a Christmas Day, but they tend to get forgotten in the in all the mentions, and and the lads as well on call out for the water distribution network to fix leaks and stuff on Christmas Day. Thank you. And we're getting a very, very comprehensive list this year and more to come. 0818-96-96-96. Now, Santa will bring a lot of smartphones uh, on Christmas morning. And how to deal with smartphones for children has been a big thing in 2024. New Zealand has now introduced a complete ban on phones nationwide in all schools. New Zealand just went, nope. Into a school, a phone shall not come. 
And that's a rule there now. Here at home, we've got a kind of a set of guidelines from the Department of Education that parents to avoid buying smartphones for their children who are going to primary schools or don't let the children bring them to primary schools. There isn't an actual rule there. But could we do it? Will it work in New Zealand that way? Can you make absolute rules? Beth Ann O'Reardon is a psychotherapist and is behind the Mum's Mind podcast. Beth Ann, is it possible to ban something like phones out of schools completely? Morning. Uh, good morning. Merry Christmas. I'll Thanks add to farmers to your list as well. My husband's family are farmers, so I'll add farmers to the people working Excellent. Christmas Day. If you haven't said farmers we have already. Far- we wouldn't um, have our Christmas dinner only for them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was busy cutting a red cabbage. I was listening, but not observing. Um, can we ban phones? I don't know. I mean, so... Uh, when a journalist got in touch with me about this and after I spoke to her, I kind of thought, but what is it that the government are trying to do? So I know, well, I think I know from the article I read in New Zealand, they want to ban phones to bring up the uh, the academic abilities of the students. But, but, But banning phones over here, I didn't understand exactly why it is they wanted to do it, if it was for same reasons or different reasons. And I think it, it, it's really hard, isn't it? Because the government are trying to put a set of rules on parenting. I think the big problem and with them in the primary school and even secondary school too is is bullying. We've talked so much on the show about bullying and the days are gone yeah. when bullying finished, when school finished. And because of phones, it's happening around the clock now. So if you can keep the phones yeah. out of schools, you might just stop some of it. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, for me, bullying is about, say, the child who is a bully. It's about them not being able to manage their world, not being able to manage life. So, um, so that's a kind of different thing from banning a phone completely because they will just go home and use the phone. Yeah. I think if children get phones, it's so very important that parents help them with their phones because children actually and teens, because I've worked with teens extensively over the last 20 years, teens don't actually know how to say things in messages, how to interpret things, how to reply back to things. Even I'm a old grey-haired woman, mom of three at this stage. And even sometimes I get a message and I have to phone my friend and say, what are you talking about? Mm. You know, because these things can be interpreted. But I know that bullying is different. Just to say that. Mm. I know that, you know, obviously bullying is wrong, etc. You're not a fan, I think, Bethan. You know, as a therapist, you're not a fan of banning things in general. No, I mean, I worked in addiction for over 10 years and drugs are banned. And does it mean that drugs have gone away and the complicated problems of drugs have gone away? Not at all. I mean, I think drug use is up and up and up. I I, I think um, banning things makes them go underground, makes them become more hidden and and that doesn't help children at all. I mean, the more that we can be okay about things, the more that we can put guidelines onto things, the more that we can help children, then they'll be able to understand it. And I say this, I'm a mom of three. My oldest is 12. My youngest is nine. We have phones in our house. And oh, sometimes it's like having an extra child, having to just manage the screen time, figure out what's gone on mm. and all the rest of it. So I know this stuff is complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pester power is very strong and Santa has been persuaded to bring some phones. So when those phones are open and active on Christmas morning, advice for parents, how do you, how, 
Santa has been persuaded to bring the phone now that he has done that. Yeah. It's it's kind of the parent's job, isn't it, to work with the child? Yeah, I think so. And I know that's really hard, but nobody else is going to raise our children apart from us. So the government can put in guidelines, schools can put in guidelines, but really it's how the parents manage things. So like I've, I've worked closely with schools and closely with families where bullying goes on online say on snapchat or something outside of school and then parents report back into the school uh, what can the schools do really about bullying outside of school hours on online they can do a bit but parents can do more so if kids get phones on christmas day it's about coming up with rules is 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 number one about when they're allowed them no phones in a bedroom have the privacy uh, account, accounts on private have it so that the parents can check them some parents put on like a a timer you know so the devices switch off after a certain time but the biggest thing is when you set the rules with your child know that the rules are going to be broken Mm-hmm. because that's just the nature of life and it's not necessarily about giving out to your child and kind of going going crazy oh that's it you can't have this you're not responsible enough for it it's actually that probably we're giving them something that they actually their brain development and their life experience probably actually doesn't know what to do with so when the rules get broken it's about oh well that rule didn't work, did it? Let's figure out what we can do differently. But whatever happens, I meet many parents who say, my child who's 10, 11, 12, 13 won't give me the password for their phone so I can't check anything. I say, well, that's dangerous territory because they actually need help. What is it that they're hiding from you? Because parents, we need to see what our children are doing online and who they're talking to, who's talking to them, and then we can help them more. Mm. That relationship with your child, particularly young teens, uh, you want them to be able to bring you everything and show you everything, but yet there's privacy is becoming a massive thing. With, with puberty comes this obsession with, with privacy, uh, and it's very hard ground to tread, isn't it? Yeah, it is really hard. But I think the thing to remember is that you are the parent and you are the adult. And it's not like you go into the relationship saying, well, I am the parent, I am the adult, you know, you must listen to me. It's that you have to know in your mind, well, I'm actually here to guide this person. So there may be disagreements there, you know, the child may not, the teen may not like what you're doing. And you don't have to check. You don't have to check everything, everything. You know, like if there's one friend that they're chatting away with and you know that that's going to be safe, say to them, look, I'm not going to check that, but I'm just going to keep my eye on the class chat because I know that there's been a few dodgy bits thrown in there. And, lastly, and really, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, on you go. go ahead. Lastly and briefly, um, the guidelines for, you know, we can't do an outright ban or outright limits on time, but how do we discuss that? Um, well, figure out with your child. I think sleep is a really important thing here. It's really important that kids come off screens with enough time to wind down their brains so they can sleep. So that's the first place to start. And also look at your child, see what their behavior is like when they come off their screen. If they're going crazy, if they're wanting to throw stuff at you, if they, well, that was too much screen time then. So look at your child, look to see how their behaviour is and they will guide you. All right, Bethan, thank you. We'll talk again, no doubt. Bethan, O'Reardon, psychotherapist and a part of the Mums Mind podcast.
What's up, everybody? This is uh, Stephen Lynch, one of the Carconians abroad in California. Just wanted to send best wishes to everybody back home, all my family and friends and everybody in Cork for their Christmas and the New Year. Hope you all enjoy the time, and I'll see you all soon in the New Year as well. Don't eat and drink too much, but enjoy the time with all the family and friends, and miss you all, and see you soon. Hi, this is Gina from HeyCostToTours.com here in sunny Marbella. Wishing you all back in Cork a very, very happy Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out HoursToProtect.ie for more info. This week on Hours to Protect, we look at reducing our food waste as we overindulge this Christmas. Christmas is a wonderful time of year when we enjoy having family and friends around to cook and eat together. However, a recent EPA survey found that 44% of people reported that they waste more food at Christmas, with over 70% admitting that they buy extra food just in case they have unexpected visitors. Odile Lebaluk is a food waste prevention team lead with the Environmental Protection Agency. We know, you know, Christmas is, there's more food, uh, we're, you know, we're entertaining more. <clears throat> and so obviously, you know, people also notice that food waste goes up at Christmas time. So what we're trying to, uh, you know, remind people is we we love to make some helpful tips and the idea just being that appreciate your leftovers and in fact we know that Christmas is a time where we we enjoy leftovers and we like to think of the 26th of December Stephen's Day as National Leftovers Day because it is actually when we all make the most of the food that we have and uh, you know eat our leftovers so and what we found is we did a short survey and we found that um, most people actually overwhelmed Overwhelmingly, 78% of people say cold meats are their favourite leftovers from the Christmas dinner. On a weekly basis, we waste approximately one third of the food that comes into our homes. EPA figures show households produce over 220,000 tonnes of food waste each year. At Christmas, waste can be as high as 50% of the foods we purchase. The reason that we waste food is we buy too much and we don't use it on time. So obviously we do slip into that a lot at Christmas time where, you know, we might buy too much food. We over anticipate how much we're actually going to need. So part of our tips, you know, while while obviously using your leftovers is, is a key tip, really it's around planning. You know, think about food maybe that wasn't eaten last year is, is a big tip where, um, you know, and, and actually part of our survey as well, the poor old Brussels brownies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a huge amount of people, 42% of people said that Brussels sprouts are the most commonly wasted food at Christmas time. So maybe have a look at that, you know, if that is something that does get wasted, you know, and I know we're all very reluctant to change tradition. So maybe it's just it needs a new recipe to, you know, pep up your sprouts in some way that everyone will eat them or buy less of them as well. So, you know, plan for how many people are coming. We do tend to kind of, oh, what happens if somebody unexpectedly calls and I suppose our advice there would be you know not to stock up on things that go off quickly the perishables because you know shops do open again quite quickly after Christmas so you know maybe have things in in that mightn't go off as quickly that you'll be able to use later on in the year if they don't get eaten around Christmas time but you know just think twice if you're going to be buying you know prawn ring or you know those kind of things that might go off very quickly. So what is the advice for those who want to reduce food waste this Christmas? 
when you do go shopping, it's very easy to get distracted. So I suppose some some tips for that is make sure that you do have a list, you know, and then try to stick to it when you're going around the shop. And also, you know, little things like just making sure when you're choosing items, um, make sure that the use by date will last for when you're going to use the food as well. So, you know, to make sure that the food is, is going to be good to eat by the time it gets to um, when you're going to use it. Then there's that things you can do around storing food properly. Obviously, you know, as I said, if you have people around and maybe you're putting out, you know, food like cheese or, or things that might go off quickly, only put out a small amount and top it up so that you don't have them all on the plate slowly drying over the day, you know, so just to top it up that way. And also like that as well, maybe if you have food, you know, that is more perishable, put that out first to make sure that people eat that so that, you know, they're not full when you pull out something then that's going to go off quickly. The St. Stephen's Day turkey sandwich is almost as much as part of Christmas as the turkey itself. So I asked my colleagues what they do with their Christmas leftovers. The post-Christmas dinner sandwiches, because you've got to have all the trimming. Uh, you've got to have turkey, got to have some of the ham, stuffing. I do like a bit of cranberry sauce. Controversial, I know. That's it, really. Sandwiched in between two white, fluffy, soft bits of bread. I am all about the leftovers. Love the turkey and the ham and everything for sandwiches after. Actually, that's the best part of Christmas, the turkey sandwiches afterwards. All about that. But then a couple of days after, turkey curry. I'll make soup with the the bones for the broth and everything. Yeah, so ways not, want not. I will eat everything at Christmas. The following day, Stephen's Day, I do turkey volivants. It's, uh, yeah, you use the turkey for everything. Turkey sandwiches, turkey volivants, turkey curry, turkey carbonara. Just, uh, everything is turkey on Christmas week. To learn more about reducing food waste, visit EPA online or check the show notes of this episode. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. This is Don Fleming, originally from Bishopstown, Cork, currently residing in Pensacola, Florida. I'd like to wish all my family and friends back in Bishopstown, Cork and surrounding areas very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, this is Pat McCarthy from West Cork. I'm broadcasting all the way from Leoning Province in Northeast China. Since 2012, I've been running the Ireland China Institute, a not-for-profit developmental organization in Northeast China. I'd like to wish the McCarthy family, my friends, all the team at 96FM and the 96FM listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Thank you, Patrick. And thank you, Don. We are continuing with our list of just the last hour. One last hour for the year. You'll be rid of us at 12 o'clock. You can take a break then from all the talk. Just listen to music. We'll be gone out of here. Only, Only another hour to annoy you. I know, I know. Thank you for being with us. Vets on call are working Christmas Day. And veterinary nurses on call. They're working Christmas Day. And down at Photo Wildlife Park, they will be catering for the animals on Christmas Day. Generating staff in the ESB. We mentioned the staff in the waterworks. Social workers 
on-call social workers, prison officers, the Lord Mayor. All these people working on Christmas Day, we've been compiling a list uh, throughout the week. And thank you. Uh, John O'Donoghue of Elite Taxi Cork is working Christmas Day. And he'll spend his day taking wheelchair users from nursing homes to their loved ones and back that night. And John will be at work all day. And we were asked to mention him and happy to do that. There's one or two more to get through. Yeah, um, have a wonderful Christmas in Coogan Towers. This is from Orla. Oh, yeah, special group. Our 700-plus Cork moms with extra special children, all of them full-time carers, especially those whose care is medically complex and those who'll be in hospital with their children over the Christmas. Thanks to them, especially from Orla. Give, uh, give Michael my love, won't you, Orla? 0818 96 96 96. And just everybody else who's working, I hope we haven't missed anybody. Uh, by the time we're finished at 20 to 12 or 12 o'clock at that way, uh, we will be... Um, we'll, be we'll, we'll, we'll get everyone. Shout out to the staff in ABC Taxis. They're working Christmas Day. And nurses and staff in the children's wards, especially in CUH. I know that Santa has to be let in. They let him into the children's ward. He sneaks around the children's ward at all hours of the morning. There's always something there. There's always something there. Santa always visits. Um, thank you for everything, Mags Horgan and Glenmire. Have a peaceful Christmas and a healthy 2024. Same to you, Mags, and everyone belongs to you. Now, uh, this is a very talked about little piece that I'm about to play for you. Ross Brown unleashed it upon us. Uh, during the week and brought the city to tears uh, on, uh, was it Wednesday morning? He, he dropped this on us. Uh, we had been talking maybe last week, the week before, about loneliness and, and in the midst of all the joy and the festivities and the fun and the family and the friends and, and everything else, we should remember there are many, many people who will be very, very lonely at Christmas. It's a lonely and a tough time for them. And Ross was captivated by that thought and he sat down and he wrote this and then he went into studio and recorded it. And this is from the <laughs> the crazy brain of our crazy colleague, Mr. Ross Brown. Uh, this is simply called This Is Christmas. Eight tolls sing overhead from Shandon with a belly full from penny dinners an old man crosses Northgate Bridge. The breath from lovers' laughter dances through the cold air. In the distance, the reflection of a thousand Christmas bulbs dock at the mouth of the Lee. Along the quays, he passes merriment fizzing on the streets. Friends arm in arm dance to a well-wrapped busker as his numb hands tuck deeper into his pockets. Music seeps from the cracked door of Dan Lowry's Headlights pass him on his slow walk home. He turns the key in the door and pushes into the dark where the air inside bites at him. After passing faded photographs full of framed smiles, he stokes a fire to life where Santa's boots once shuffled, then settles into the chair closest to the blaze with a glance to where his wife always sat. Her slippers still laid out for her. He speaks to her still. Remember the year I burned the spiced beef? You were odd as anything. 
he is eroded by the silence of her absence. He sits alone and listens to the dragging of a one-handed clock and remembers Christmas is gone. The living room bustling and adrift in torn wrapping paper. Laughter and tears and excited roars of children. Mugs of tea steamed away as they danced to the radio. Now, just the tick of that clock. Tomorrow now is just a day. No excitement. No one to hold. No laughter. Night, love, he says as he kisses her photograph and slowly ascends the stairs. I didn't know whether to shake his hand or hit him a belt when he did that. Ross Brown, this is Christmas. There's a line in that. He is eroded by the silence of her absence. It's wonderful, wonderful. Just half a dozen words eroded by the silence of her absence. Um, that will stay with me as one of the lines of Christmas 2023. And thank you, Ross, for that. Uh, speaking of loneliness, we were chatting yesterday with David. Um, we were put in touch with him by a contact of the show, and he has found himself homeless for Christmas, David has, and he bought a car just to keep himself warm, an old battered old rust bucket of a car, just for somewhere to live over Christmas. Here's a little bit of our conversation yesterday. I was staying in Sheila's hostel, and Sheila's closes for Christmas, yeah. and I needed somewhere to go because I was sleeping on the streets for a few nights. And it really is tough to sleep in the streets. Yeah. So I bought the car, so at least I'm protected from the wind and rain. Mm-hmm. So I can um, stay warm. You're working, yeah? Um, I'm doing delivery, yeah. I went to Focus Island and there's not much they can do either. So I'm not sure what to do, to be honest with you. So I was looking on daft.e and uh, accommodation currently right now is 1,400. And a shared room is about 700 to 800. So you need about 1,400. But it's really, really difficult this time of the year to find a shared room. I was talking to a shopkeeper, and the shopkeeper has a private car space. She said I could park it there just until the new year. Okay, that's a help. When I went to buy this car, and the guy who I bought the car from um, really, really tried to help me get help from other people. Yeah. And from penny dinners and stuff like that. Trying to do it myself. What are you going to do for Christmas? Where are you going to get something to eat over the weekend? Um, I haven't really thought about that so far. I haven't really thought too much ahead. I'm just thinking about day by day, to be honest. Well, uh, a lot has happened since that phone call. Um, Katrina Toomey got involved and got in touch with David to offer support and food and, of course, the wonderful things that Penny Dinners provide and many other people just called to know, is he all right? Can we do anything for him? Can we try and get the car going for him? Et cetera, et cetera. We are delighted to be able to tell you that David has been offered a place to stay now for a few weeks. It's just outside the city until he gets back on his feet and he'll be on a bus route and, indeed, he has the electric bike. Thank you to Mary, who listens to the show and has offered him a room in her home. Also to Jamie, the taxi driver, who's been coordinating matters for David in the background. And he himself has also shown fabulous generosity to David uh, to 
Katrina and everybody else and to you for reaching out and, and caring for Dave. That's fantastic news. He's got a place to stay for Christmas. And do you remember, uh, was it a week or two ago, I spoke with Margaret Creed about her brother, James Burke. James uh, works in Cork and drives a company, all, drives for Altrans, they're a trucking company in Cork. And he went to Bangkok on holidays and he was on his way back when he was taken ill and he ended up in hospital on life support. He's okay, he's making a recovery, but they were trying to get him back and they were trying to organise a GoFundMe. And you people, you wonderful people, put thousands and thousands of euro into that GoFundMe when uh, Margaret was on the show with me a week or two ago. Well, we've just heard that uh, there's been the HSE, this is from Margaret this morning, the HSE will be assisting to fly our brother James home hopefully on the 28th of December. We're delighted to bring everyone this good news. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for your kind donations, and they'll now go toward the significant cost of James's hospital care and treatment, including his care and rehab when he finally is back in the care of hospital services in Ireland. He remains in the ICU. His condition is slowly improving, but he is still undergoing further investigation and treatment for his medical condition. We accept that James won't be home for Christmas as we had hoped but this is the best Christmas present that we could possibly have had at this incredible time. We'd like to thank everyone who has supported us. Wishing each and every one of you a happy Christmas and best wishes for the new year. With sincere gratitude to everyone, the Burke family. When I spoke with Margaret the GoFundMe was just south of €20,000. It is now, thanks to you, the people who listen to this show, and others who donated, it is at €93,142. That is what you call a result. Listen to Cork's 96FM while you work. While you work. Click listen live at 96FM.ie. Hi, this is George Patterson from the Roaring Forties Band. Like many blow-ins moving to any new country, a lot of us fall in love with our newfound city and home. I did just that. I moved to Cork Christmas 2000. This is my 23rd anniversary. I love that we all know each other one way or another. I love the fun of the Corkonians, the speed that your humour comes to you, the honesty and the love you have for your fellow Corkonians and for accepting me. My father was Irish. He moved away in 1942. I took my master's at UCC in Irish history and I married one of your beautiful Colleen's. In 1810, Cork was contrasted with the hugely famous cities of Rome and Venice. That saying that I want to tell you about goes like this. Venice rose from the dirt and seaweed Rome from the ruins of a few clay huts. Cork need not blush if it should be found that she has arisen from a few fishermen's houses. I've also heard it said that Venice should be known as the Cork of the South. I'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas, Cork, and a prosperous and happy New Year. Love to you all. Thank you, 96FM, for letting me say something to the beautiful people of this city.
And he's one of the beautiful people of this city himself. The great George Patterson joining us for a message there uh, for Christmas. Thank you, George. And we'll see you around over the Christmas. Um, and give our love to Orla and, of course, to Trevor. Trevor, by the way, is the dog. Yes, we did a thing on dogs with human names. Trevor. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Stephen Fox has been down at the Marina Market and they've had a heck of a busy Christmas. The place has been rammed and Stephen was chatting to shoppers and traders in the run-up to the festive season. My name is Trevor, owner of Candy Rock Lane, the traditional sweet shop down the Marina Market. And what kind of things do you offer here? A little bit of happiness, I guess. Everything from bonbons, candy canes, to marshmallows, to bullseyes, every little jelly treat you can think of. And how are things looking leading up to Christmas? They're great. Beautiful atmosphere down here. Very Christmassy. It's probably the most Christmassy place in Cork at the moment. You've ice skating, you've Santa Claus here, got a bunch of great little food stalls and a lot of crafters and just nice family atmosphere. How's it been looking this year, say, compared to last year? I think it's good. I don't see a difference. I think it's busy down here. This place is always kind of adding. Every kind of couple of months, there's nearly something new here. So I think it's probably bigger and better, to be told. Is there anything in particular that people are looking for this year? Uh, I think they just want a bit of holiday relief. Just want to spend time together. It's just a family place. I think people just want to spend time together, really. Hannah Falvey, Ivy's Attic Jewelry. We offer a range of vintage-inspired pieces, such as 18 karat gold-plated rings and jewellery. We also have sterling silver, and we also have vintage sterling silver and a little bit of stainless steel as well. So there's lots of earrings, necklaces, bracelets, things like that. And we also have some nine carat pieces as well. We've been open every day since September actually but for December we've been open till 8 o'clock so 10 to 8 and it's been pretty busy now every day, especially in the last couple of days but this week has started off pretty well. In terms of gifts, earrings are definitely a bestseller. A lot of people like the rings as well. Chains do pretty well but definitely the earrings, they make a great secret Santa gift, a small gift like that. They're pretty affordable as, long, as well as the rings but we have a lot of people coming in with screenshots like boyfriends, husbands, things like that and know exactly what they want to get. So, Any favourite? I have quite a passion for the rings. I have lots of rings in my collection from here but I do like the earrings as well. My favourite piece would be the Qua earrings so they're one of our best sellers that we now have in a range of colours as well. A lot of more people like know about the market now I think so I think definitely this year has been pretty busy in terms of with Covid. You know a lot of people didn't know about the place but now this year is definitely a lot busier especially with the Christmas market as well. So optimistic then? Optimistic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name is Vic I'm chef and I call on new Asador here with Tom Durkin from an English market in Marina Market. Very busy, very bright. Uh, I love the atmosphere around here. I love everything that the market is bringing up to us. It's fantastic. New Asador, we cook everything over in a wood fire. Mainly meats, but we do steak sandwich. We do the picanha steak, which is the most popular steak for a barbecue in Brazil. So it's kind of this South American barbecue vibe. Everything is served with our award-winning chimichurri sauce. This year, we are doing actually a Christmas meal to take home. We are doing the full short ribs, low-cooked short beef short rib. I'm cooking on 24th, the whole pig as well here over in a wood fire. Beef in Wellington as well, they are all sold out for the Christmas. So people are looking forward to it. It's a very good Christmas. I love the atmosphere that Christmas brings to the market and it's just great. My name is Aideen McCarthy and I... I run a business called Irva. It's a seller of native Irish wildflower seeds and I sell also related gifts, kind of gardening gifts. It's been super. Like, I've been here now last weekend 
and the weekend before. And you notice it's funny that as it's the last week, it's a lot of like last minute shoppers. But it's a great opportunity for people because there's a lot of variety here and you can kind of get something for everyone. There is a growing interest in planting seeds for biodiversity. So I kind of cater for that with the guidebook for wildflowers of Ireland and instructions and how-tos on the best way to make a little wildflower meadow for yourself. Whereabouts are you based? Out by Blarney, Killeen's. Were you here last year? Yeah, I was here last year. The setup is a little different because we are in a different location. So things are really good this year. I think this year there's really great organisation to the whole thing. And there's a lovely flow of the variety of stall holders. So yeah, I feel like we had a great year last year, but this year is actually a lot better. For it. My name is Kieran, and I work here at the Hannah Stall, which is the same company as Poulevu. And how are things have been looking on trips? good yeah it's really nice lovely atmosphere in the market lots of things going on lots of events happening great buzz especially at the weekends but at the moment through the week as well really really nice and what kind of stuff do you offer here we do korean barbecue tacos mainly we have a breakfast menu as well breakfast sandwich breakfast dumplings that kind of thing our tacos in lunchtime they'd be barbecue chicken spicy pork and bulgogi beef quite nice korean marinades korean flavors quite tasty quite popular come and check us out just outside the ice rink lovely really really nice the market has everything so variety for everyone you can have anything you like really plenty to choose from i'm santa claus here at the marina market we're here for the whole week open from early in the morning to seven in the evening really and truly would love as many children to come as they can and i hope a stacked nice list this year oh absolutely absolutely there's a lovely beautiful atmosphere within the whole area here even just to come and walk around people who feel really at home here the minute they land here we're totally dog friendly here I've quite a few dog visits into me here on their own and you're looking forward to Christmas? I am looking forward to a bit of a break too but <laughs> we are we are looking forward looking forward to the weekend now the weekends are really flying here great feeling about it you know very camaraderie and what have you and but we'll be going right up to the 23rd, you know, it'll be chock-a-block now come the weekend as well. So I would advise and I would encourage everyone, if they have a free few hours at all, to make the most of it. It's particularly good, really, really incredible at this time of the year, I think. Thank you to Stephen for that, and thank you to Santa's helpers and everybody down at the Marina Market. There's a huge, a great buzz. I was in for a, a few hours last weekend, and there's a lovely, lovely buzz around the city, and it the retailers are saying it is better than it's been for a while. Let's pop down to Fitzgerald's Menswear, a shop that's been there for generations, and talk to Eddie Mullins. Ella, Eddie, it is. There's a lovely, lovely feel around the city uh, that coming up to there Christmas. There sure is. Morning. Yeah, there sure is. It's been a great run-in. We've uh, all the stars aligned for us this year, I think, with the weather. Um, and, you know, people supported local. They've come in in their droves. The footfall has been up. Uh, it's been really great. I think it'll go down as one of the better Christmases in many years. Which is great, Eddie, because people were nervous about it, weren't they? They were, I suppose, with the uh, with the squeeze and the economic squeeze and that. But people, I think they always dig deep and they, they do find the funds for Christmas. And it's, um, it's a lovely family-friendly atmosphere around the place. A lot of guards in the street. The street cleaning crews have been magnificent. It's clean. A lot of people we see that have come from around the country, maybe might have been a bit worried going to Dublin this year. They've come down, we people from Waterford, from Limerick, drawn from Kerry. So it's great, and the hotels were busy, and the restaurants were busy, and also the new arrivals in the street have been great, or new neighbours, mm. Mango, 
uh, flannels, and you know, and there's and there's more coming. The like pennies are playing that big development in the near, not too distant future. So it's yeah. great. Yeah, you know, we 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 had the complaints before that parts of the city were were drab and run down, but there yeah. has been improvement in 2023. Big huge, time, huge. And I think even people coming in, it's very impressive coming and seeing the new Dockland development, the Marina Market below, which is only a short walk from the city. I think Cork is on the up and. In the past, going back over the years, you know, we'd, retailers would have been facing challenges, would have been critical. But I think all the supports have been there. The city council have been great. The guards have have uh, have come on board, and the public have responded, and they see it now as a a, main, a, a big regional shopping hub, which is what Cork City is. In a, in a time when we can get anything we want from any corner of the world in a matter of days yes. with a few clicks, yeah. it's tough to be yes. in real, uh, you know, hand over hand. Retail, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But I think what people are looking for, looking for experiences, and I think that's what Cork businesses can offer. You know, even the toy shops around there, the restaurants. It's the people that make it special. And you know, okay, everyone buys online, but it's a soulless enough experience. Mm. I'm looking to this morning is a really busy morning out there to see people meeting people they haven't met in a while. Children out there, the lights, the weather. You know, you can't beat the the in-store experience. No. And I think that's where it's up to retailers to make the magic happen when the customers do come in. You don't get the sounds or the smells or the buzz off no. a computer screen, and you never will. You Eddie, don't. do people still, because I can remember as a little boy being brought into town for my Christmas clothes. <laughs> I suppose fellas now tend to be a bit more independent. Some of the girls and the girlfriends will, will march them in. But I suppose <laughs> some fellas some fellas that mightn't see clothes all year long will get a, a wife or a mother or a granny or someone to put something under the tree for them on Christmas morning. So, uh, mm. And that's what we're here for. How long are you in business now? We're here since 1860. So, yes, yeah, there's been a... Yeah, it's one of the oldest ourselves, probably in Murray's, are probably two of the oldest. So a lot of changes since then. So we have some lovely old memorabilia in the yeah. shop. You know, it's, oh, um, originally, the photographs originally shirt that you makers. Have, yeah, they were great. We used to be shirt manufacturers. And we, we had two shops in London in the 1900s, believe it or not. So it's, uh, it's great old history. And we keep that. We're very proud of our heritage and the yeah. history. And, and we're very grateful for the support that car people have given us, you know, down through the years and generations. Wonderful. All right, Eddie. Happy Christmas to Thank you and yours. You'll, you'll, you'll be up. You'll Thank be, you. Be, uh, you're running right up to six o'clock Christmas Eve, I suppose, are you? We're, we're still going. We might leave him go at five. <laughs> Give him a bit of a break. Let him go at five. I do. Let him go at five. Eddie, thank you. Happy Christmas to everybody connected to Fitzgerald's menswear and to everybody working in retail in the city centre. You've had a, a great run up by all accounts, which is fantastic to hear. There's loads that goes on over Christmas. It, it's like it's a long, long season. Uh, it's Christmas Eve traditions, Christmas Day traditions. But when I lived in Carrigaline, which I did for 10 years, and I still love the place dearly, Stephen's Day was the big day in Carrigaline. Duran Duran was on Duran. Barry Cogan, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. And you'll be at it again this year. Yeah, in the cool of day. Do you know where I am now? I'm above in the car park in Cork Airport trying to duck the wind. <laughs> have you someone coming home no 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 no, not this year we're going in seeing you with the mint shade 
Oh, brilliant. We need dinners. We'll have, we'll be there from 12 to 2. Ah, uh, the Shed Choir uh, is there. Say hello to my pal Martin yeah. Parfries if he's with you. Yeah, we've got to help him be able to make it, yeah. Good, good, right. good. Tell me yeah. about the RAND. Going on since going well, on since before you were born, and that's not yesterday. <laughs> well, the RAND is going back to the time of St. Stephen. St. Stephen's Day, that the history, we are told that the legend is that uh, he was hiding from the soldiers who were hunting the Christians at the time and the ran, uh, he got startled and uh, that alerted the soldiers and St. Stephen, or Stephen at the time, was caught. Mm-hmm. So that's the story. But uh, then the, the, a lot of parts of Europe, they go out on St. Stephen's Day hunting the ran. And that was the tradition. And in, in the country areas, they were drawn from house to house uh, with the holly bush and they'd dress up in, in um, they'd have uh, traditional instruments and singing the the Rand the, Rand, the King of All Boys and saying Stephen's the day he was cut in the falls. Yeah. You'll have a and huge then, crowd. Yeah. Eleven o'clock, yeah. isn't it, Barry? Uh, eleven o'clock, yeah. We we have a we'll have a we expect to have about forty fifty in in some kind of costume. We'll have Rand boys and straw boys and bagpipers and traditional musicians and and uh, singers and dancers. Now, we do close down Main Street, Carrigaline, uh, uh, from the bridge down to the corner house, and all uh, car parks and everything are accessible, and there's plenty options for detours and everything. But we close down the street until about half one. And why wouldn't you? Stevens is there, and have a great old party, a great old session with traditional music and bagpipes and straw boys and ran boys. And I remember being there myself when I lived in Carrigaline. What a wonderful event it is. And all going in at Marymount Hospice and Cork Simon. Thank you very much, Barry Cogan, the great Barry Cogan of Carrigaline. The ran... Uh, down there on Stevens's day. Now, we have, uh, who is it? Who is there? Before yeah. I started roasting off this What's beautiful turkey right here, just cut up some onions. Don't bother peeling Gary, them. or Jerry, rather. Hi. Jerry, what's he cooking? He's cooking gravy, PJ. He's making the gravy. He throws all the yes. ingredients into a little tray, and he makes the gravy. You're up there in, in Redemption Road. Are you all set for Christmas? I am, PJ, yeah. Brilliant thoughts, Governor. Have you the meat? Have you, have you the meat in? I'm going to have it shortly. You'll have it shortly. <laughs> 300 euro voucher for you from O'Cruley Butchers. Peter, thanks a million. And More than welcome. Happy Christmas to and you and all of yours and all the crew inside us. Happy Christmas to you too, Jerry. Thank you very much. And to our friends at O'Cruley Butchers, been with us all week for that one. Yes, the 96 FM crew will be working Christmas Day. My will be in the newsroom. And the lads will be here all day long. Happy Christmas, PJ, to you and all the gang at 96. Thanks for the laughs and the company throughout the year, says Kim. Thank you, Kim. That's that's very kind of you. I just want to get to the very end of my list of who's working, which we'll do next. My amazing daughter-in-law, Emer Peyton Harris, six and a half months pregnant, working on Christmas Day in CUH as a nurse. The most amazing, kind, caring person I know from Brenda, Mick and Gary... I'm working a 12-hour shift on Christmas Day in the evening, starting at 6 with my colleague Rosanna. I work as corporate security in a pharmaceutical company in Ringeskiddy. I won't be working alone, and I'm happy enough to be working on Christmas evening. I don't have any kids of my own. My niece and nephew aren't in Cork, and I feel Christmas anyways very much for the children. I I will have family that day. I'll have Christmas dinner with my parents. I don't drink much alcohol during the year. I'll have a family Christmas gathering this week where I can catch up and I'm looking forward to that. And they'll be off 
for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That's from Claire, who is working on Christmas Day. Get to the end of this long, long list. If you missed yourself, you'll catch you on the podcast you mentioned. Uh, on-call social workers, I mentioned prison officers and prison staff. The Lord Mayor, who was on earlier on himself. The priests and all the religious people. It's their busiest day of the year. And someone I forgot before, and I shouldn't. The lighthouse keepers who will keep us safe. There's only a few manned lighthouses around the country now. But someone's got to watch them whether they're manned or not. So the, to the lighthouse keepers of Ireland working on uh, Christmas Day. Thank you all for everything that you do. Hi guys, this is Miriam in Dubai. Hi to everyone in Cork, all my girls in Douglas. I will miss Christmas Eve in Jono so much with you this year, but hopefully next year I'll be back to spend some time with you. And a big shout out to all my gorgeous Murphy family and have a great night at the Panto that Auntie Eileen graciously organised. Love you loads guys, have an absolutely amazing Christmas and see you soon. Hey, this is Steve. I'm here with Lisa, Lucas and Leon in Sydney, Australia. We'd like to wish a very happy Christmas and Merry New Year to everyone back home, especially all our friends and families, all the Kellys, the McCabes, the O'Mannies, the Morrises, the Walshes, and a special mention to my uncle Jim McAllister, who's been particularly unwell lately. Thinking of you all, wishing you all a very happy and Merry Christmas. PJ, you are not going to believe this. Literally, in the last few seconds, we've been able to get a direct line all the way to the North Pole. I am so excited. I can't believe it. A very, very important person standing by on line five. Now connecting you to the North Pole. Please hold. Santa, it's great to make contact with you. That new press officer at the North Pole has been giving me nightmares for the last two or three days. I know, PJ. Yeah, but look, PJ, we mustn't complain about people because everybody's doing their best, but sometimes their best is not as good as everybody else's best, if you know what I mean. You see, Mrs. Claus used to do all the bookings, and when I rang earlier in the week, she wasn't there. Yes, I, I know that, PJ, but she's extremely busy at the moment because what she's doing now is she's going through all the letters and then she's matching all the presents mm. to the letters. So she doesn't have much time, PJ. Fair point. Fair. Come here, are you still getting letters? Do they still write by hand or has she deal with oh, emails yes. now? Yes, 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 yes. You see, I don't do much in the way of communications electronic, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, for instance, I can't take phone calls except from very special people like yourself because otherwise I'd spend all my time on the phone and nobody would get anything at Christmas. <laughs> Is the sleigh gone electric? Oh the, oh, the sleigh, the sleigh. Yeah, but don't, don't be telling people that, though, PJ, because... Rudolph doesn't know that, for instance. All Rudolph thinks is that he's getting younger every day because last Christmas he said to me, Santa, I don't feel the sleigh at all. Mm. Which are, I have an electric motor on it, you see. Santa, the children will, will want to know what they need to do Sunday. Well, what you have to realise, PJ, is that there's no snow in Cork. And if I have no snow... It slows me down. That's how it works, because I'm all geared up for snow. So I have to leave a bit early, then, 
to get to Cork. So what I want is that all the boys and girls have to go to bed. Do you understand? I do. Mm. What's the most popular toy this year, Santa? Do you know what people are really looking for this Christmas? It's books. Yeah? Isn't that strange? Books. Books. But no, PJ books are very heavy, as you know. So I just hope not everybody, as I say, we're going through the letters now. But I hope everybody isn't looking for a book, because that will be really heavy. How are the elves? They were very cranky this time last year because they were really busy. We love you too! How are they today? Ah, well, they only seem to be cranky, PJ. When I go to them and they all have these sad faces on them, and I just say, no, I want everybody to smile. Mm -hmm. And they all smile. And isn't that amazing, PJ? Once you smile... Straight away, you become happy. And that no, you smile. Are you smiling? I am, of course, smiling. Ah, now there you see. You, you have to smile when you're talking. You have to smile when you're talking to Santa Claus. Ever since I was a small boy, I've known. Do you remember coming to me? I certainly do. I do. And sure, you've been on the radio. It must be 40 years now, is it? <laughs> I'm, unfortunately, it is, actually, now that you mention it. Forty years. I remember you as a little boy. And you, you know what, PJ? At times you were troublesome, but you're on the good list now. I, I can still be troublesome at times, but 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 we won't talk too much about, about that. So early on Sunday evening, Santi, the boys and girls... Must go to bed. What will you have before you leave? Did you get the hamper? I did. I got my black pudding and I got my sausages. But what I have before I leave... Is a big bowl of porridge, and that keeps me going for the whole night. Mm. Santa, I know that you've got loads of other people needing to talk to you over the next couple of days. I wish you a safe journey. It's a privilege always to be able to get through to the North Pole. Happy Christmas to one and all. Oh, ho, ha, PJ, happy Christmas to you and to all the boys and girls in Cork. Happy Christmas. Bye! Thank you, elves. Thank you, Santa. (laughs) Drive safely on Sunday night, Santa, won't you? And so, another year draws to a close on the opinion line. We have taken hundreds of your calls, read thousands of your messages, and hopefully we've given you a space to share your story, air your views, or just have a whinge. We've brought you, we'd like to think, the very best analysis, commentary, and insight into the issues of the day. And we've tried and hopefully succeeded in starting a few conversations that you felt or we felt needed to be started. I'm the guy sitting here every morning between 9 and 12 talking to you, but I'm just the voice. I couldn't do this job without, as I call them sometimes, the lads behind the glass. So to Emer and to Fergal and when he's here, to Richard and to Stephen, who's given us lots of help with our preparations for this Christmas. Thank you all. Without you, I'd just be a gob on a stick. And thanks also to Barry, Moiraid and Katie and Damien, the newsroom team. As always, great people to work with, as is every last member of this wonderful 96FM family. But the biggest thanks of all is to you. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I'm talking to you. You, who chose our show today or any day in a world where you have more choice in the media than you've ever had before. I hope we entertained you. I hope we got you thinking. I hope we made you laugh. 
Maybe we made you cry at times. That's radio. Maybe we annoyed you. Drove you mad. Look, don't take it personally. It's it's part of the job. And if we gave you a hard time, gave out about you, held your toes a little bit close to the fire, well, you know who you are. You probably deserved it. But sure, look, happy Christmas anyway. Lastly, to the management of Corks 96 FM. Look, we know we're a nuisance. We know we break the rules now and again. But we also know that's why you love us too. So from me to you, from our house to your house, until the conversation kicks off again in early January, have a happy, peaceful, warm and safe Christmas. Nolik Hunna. Chris, start her up there, boy. We're out the gap. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.